and welcome to the Kids Planet Podcast. An opportunity to explore the highs and lows of raising under fives. Here's your host, Victoria Jones. Hi there and welcome to the latest episode of All Things Early Years, the podcast from childcare group Kids Planet. Our guest today is a Kids Planet parent who just happened to realise recently that she was pretty good at writing. So welcome Rebecca Oxtoby. Have I said that right? Oxtoby, Oxtoby. I say Oxtoby or not to be because that's easy to remember. But literally, it's the worst surname in the history of the world. Call me whatever you like. <laughs> I think we'll just stick with Rebecca, shall we? Then, uh, <laughs> yeah. Save any confusions. So you have written a brutally honest and very funny book, Mum's the Word, recently. Um, tell us all about it. Yeah. Um, so my daughter, Isabel, is in Tots at the moment at Kids Planet Great Sankey. She was born in 2019 and whilst I was on maternity leave I decided to write a memoir it was was never really meant to be a book it was me just documenting all of the crazy things that come along with being a parent um and then before I knew it it turned into a book which I asked a couple of my friends to read see what they thought see whether it was kind of me losing my mind on paper or whether it was actually worth sharing with the world and um yeah they told me to go for it I guess the reason that I I guess the reason that I did it was to to share the brutal honesty like you've said around parenthood and um some of the things that aren't always so wonderful so yeah I think brutal honesty is the perfect way to describe it I mean it is it's and brutally honest and very very funny um I I know that what you say it there's there's so many books out there, aren't there, about the new baby, but there's not as many about the new mum. So I guess that angle is really, is different. I guess that's why it resonates with people, do you think? Yeah, I bought a lot of new baby books and... As you, as you do. Read every one of them cover to cover and thought, you know what, right, this sounds fine. I'm prepped. And as soon as she came, I realised that she hadn't read any of the parenting <laughs> books and didn't have a clue what she was doing. And it just completely threw me off. Um, so I think you're right. Nobody nobody's written about the mum. I know um, Sarah Turner's done Unmumsy Mum and that tended to follow like toddler years. But for me, there was nothing that said the transition from like woman normal human who sleeps to whatever this postpartum thing was yeah and nothing nothing can prepare you for that change can they however much you you think you know what's coming and people tell you it's um yeah it's it's it is very strange isn't it when that when we talked about this last week when we chatted about this newborn baby is suddenly presented to you and you're like uh, right what 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 do I do now kind of thing I remember her sitting in a car chair in the middle of the what they called car seat in the middle seat, of the yeah. floor <laughs> this is how long ago that was I yeah. can't remember now um and Danny just saying is she allowed out of that and I was like oh, I, I don't know <laughs> yeah and we just kind of took her out and then we were like what do we do with her now <laughs> I, I, I guess even if you could prepare for it I wouldn't have believed what people had said. Like the fact that the crusty belly button thing falls off and, <laughs> and then people keep it. What? Oh, what's that what's all about? That about? <laughs> but people don't tell you these things. They definitely don't tell you. They're very selective about what they do tell you. Yeah. And I, and, and yet we, you know, we hear this all the time. This is, 
all the time people just you know don't don't give you the honest truth I don't think so I think this book certainly for me is just made me laugh out loud because it brought back memories of I guess just how odd this whole new experience was that suddenly you you become landed into kind of thing yeah I guess because I wrote it real time as things were happening and it was never intended to be for any other audience than my own brain it it was very honest and very raw and looking back at it now because I've still not read the first book back because I think it was just a bit (laughs) too raw for me um I think that's what resonates with so many people is that it's the thoughts that you think you're not allowed to say I mean we're brought up in a social media world now where everything is filtered and perfect and we're not allowed to have flaws so I think this came as a bit of a shock factor to a lot of my family and a lot of the people who've then gone on to buy the book who I don't know because it's so raw but at the same time that makes it funny because it's the things that you you aren't meant to say I guess but you're you're most definitely saying them. <laughs> so what was the reaction from your family? I mean, first to say that you, you know, you weren't an author to start with, were you? Yeah. Your background wasn't, you didn't write. Um, no, I must be before. a language therapist. So language has always been a part of my life, but never in a, in a paid way, never in yeah. kind of a, a formal author way. Um, I guess a lot of them were really surprised because... I touch on mental health, which I don't think any of them knew that I was struggling with. And I I think it was quite um it was quite a nice realisation. I think it made us a lot closer because I've always been the woman who got kind of number one at school or A stars or the best degree that you could possibly get. So to go from that to this woman who didn't know what she was doing <laughs> was massive for me. I really, I really kind of struggled with that element of it. But looking back at it now, it's because you can't train for this. You can't revise to be a mum. Yeah, yeah. So did you put those sort of high expectations on yourself? Did you feel that pressure? That, or did you sort of perhaps naively think, well, this is going to be fine because this is just something else that I will, you know, fly through and be great at? Yeah, both, I think. I think I just expected that I would be good at it because everybody else did it. Like, there were people who you knew in school who was bottom of the class, who had kids and they were all still alive. So I thought, oh, it can't be that difficult. And then the fear of, oh, my God, what if they're dead? And then you run upstairs and then you check their breathing and then you wake them up by checking their breathing and then you get annoyed with yourself for waking them up. It was just this weird, different mindset that I think you hear about and people joke about, oh, God, and you panic whether they stop breathing and you think, well, that's ridiculous. And then when you're in it, it's so true and it's so real for you. But also, like, just... The, the everyday things getting out of the house taking a hundred thousand bags to be able to get out of the house <laughs> and then forgetting that you've not put your own underwear on or something yeah. like that like it, and coming back after five minutes having taken like you say a suitcase out with you of, of stuff that you just don't need but at the time yeah. you feel like you have to take the everything but the kitchen sink kind of thing yeah and I was one of those women who never even took a handbag. I used to just take my card and my phone. 
So that was huge to kind of think, oh, what what could <laughs> possibly go wrong in the next eight hours while we're outside of the house? <laughs> and plan for an apocalypse for every day. <laughs> which which you do though. You absolutely do, don't you? Yeah. What, what about your partner? I mean, what was his reaction when you said you were gonna put all this into writing? He's very, very laid back and I think I don't know if he's ever really told me exactly what he thinks of the book. He says it's <laughs> funny. He said he enjoyed it. But there are really honest bits about how it changed our relationship. And one thing that, even when I read back now, makes me cry is the fact that I'm not his number one anymore and he's not mine. <laughs> and that's just so alien to us. Like, we've been together since we were 16. So for him to have a number one favourite person in the world, that's not me. <laughs> that's, My that's tough, isn't it? ego is tough, yeah. Yeah, I, I think anyone would struggle with that. Because like you say, you have all those years where you are priority and then there's yeah. somebody, it's someone else to think about, isn't it? And, yeah. and their needs and putting them first suddenly becomes the, the thing that we're meant to do. Yeah. And you kind of, you very much lose yourself. And I don't want this to be, I mean, obviously your audience will have children or potentially be working to having children. I don't want this to be a book that puts people off. It was never intended to be that way. I think it's just acknowledging that it's okay to find some of the days difficult in amongst all of the wonderful days that we've got. And I hate that we have to justify ourselves by going, I do love my kids before yeah. you say anything negative about them. Yeah, I just kind of wanted to balance the books a little bit and say, I love her so much, but there are days where I don't like her because yeah. her attitudes thinks. And and that's quite a big statement to make, isn't it? Because like yeah. you're saying, and like you go back to this whole so, social media has created this whirlwind of everything needs to be perfect. And I, I do I, I do follow um or we follow Kate Lawler on Instagram, who's yeah. recently had a baby, and I do love her posts where she is so honest and you know she would be the first to say she's not had an easiest first month of of new motherhood yeah but but it's like there seem to be few and far between these people you know for yeah. every one that you get like that you get 10 people that you know putting out that this is the best thing ever and it's beautiful and it's amazing and it's just everything you wanted and I remember thinking when I brought my first child home have I done the right thing I suddenly felt god this has really changed changed everything and yeah. and no one told me that I would have anything but positive lovely feelings towards him so yeah, yeah it's it's huge it is huge isn't it yeah I think I really struggled with the change in my body as well and in amongst all of this there are so many people who would love to have a postpartum body who've struggled with fertility for a long time or potentially can't have children and I was one of those people Danny and I had fertility treatment to have Isabel and I, I felt this kind of layered guilt of but I shouldn't feel guilty because I know that there are people who want this and now I've grown a baby and I should be elated and it should be the best thing in the whole world but then I'd still look at myself in the mirror and think, but I just look a bit like a deflated airbag. And <laughs> that was so hard to to accept because you should be thinking, oh, but that doesn't matter because I've grown a child. Everybody bangs on about tiger stripes and how they should love their tiger stripes. I don't think that that comes straight away. And I don't really think it's fair to force people to love them straight away. No. I know 
we've done an amazing thing. But at the same time, I'd rather look like I did before I had <laughs> the bell. <laughs> yeah, despite what everybody says. And again, it comes back to the social media pressure that there is that feeling that you are meant to look a particular way. Yeah. You can't suddenly just go, yeah, I'm absolutely fine with this. Like, this is perfect. Yeah. Um, it's, it's a tough, yeah, it's a tough one. And it goes back to, as we say, that nobody prepares you. Nobody tells you for all yeah. these strange new feelings that you, you know, that are going to arise when you bring this crying, screaming <laughs> baby that doesn't do anything. Um, yeah. You know, back home for the and I know that 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 hit with me. It's like, like you said, what do we do now? What does this what does this baby do? Yeah, Not what for... do they do? <laughs> Nothing. But they take up so much of your time yeah. and energy and love and emotion. And now Isabel's twenty one months old now, and I love this stage. I wish that I could bottle this up forever because you can have a conversation, and though you can't always reason with her, yeah, you can try and have some kind of interaction whereas for the first year I mean you're just talking to to the wall pretty yeah. much aren't you and it's you really cruel a, really cruel yeah. those first four weeks you don't even get a smile and that's the toughest <laughs> often the toughest time you know yeah. the whole whole sort of early years and there's there's no reward for <laughs> for any it's of that nothing. yeah you celebrate when they birth because yeah, yeah, it's like oh it's something new <laughs> <laughs> yeah you suddenly focus on all those very very minor things that become yeah. absolutely huge um I mean you talked about you wrote this during your maternity leave how, how did you find the time to do that uh, it's funny because I've been back in work now for a year and I've written another one and everybody's like but how how <laughs> have you done this alongside life but to me, it's so cathartic to be able to write down your thoughts that it kind of writes itself. And I know there is humour in there and it is meant to be a funny book. So obviously <laughs> that takes a bit of practice. I'm not a particularly <laughs> funny person. But it it's really, I guess I love the process because it was never, I didn't have a publisher who was saying you need to do 10,000 words by this date. And yeah. I didn't have a a release date that I had to work towards. It was all set by myself. So if I didn't want to write it, I didn't have to. But I used to go, when we were allowed out um, before the world was ruined, I used to go to Starbucks and just sit there and write on my laptop. And Danny used to sit in the house with Isabel, obviously. And it was amazing. I think because I was on my own and I could drink a hot drink without it going cold and nobody was mithering me or slobbering on me it was, yeah it, it was it, like perfect it's that escape to your previous life yeah that you didn't realize was quite so nice until <laughs> until a child comes along yeah I'm paying a fortune for a cup of tea but I'd do it just so that I could get a hot one finish a hot drink but your your writing style is so casual and and kind of chatty almost it yeah. must I guess come just really naturally to you I, th I think so I think because it was it was as if I was writing it to myself or writing it to another mum it was like a conversation and a lot of the time you feel really lonely about parenthood so writing down this as part of a conversation was my way to kind of interact with someone I guess um and that's why a lot of people have come back to me and said thank you so much I feel like I could have written this myself because it's just documenting thoughts rather than trying to perform or trying to be something that I'm not yeah 
but it's obviously worked you know it's it's yeah. clearly you know we read the reviews of the book and it's is it an amazon bestseller yeah it went to number one bestseller in childcare and child which is ama- amazing <laughs> yeah need- it, is, it is it's such an achievement and i i i'm really proud because i've put a lot of effort into the publicity side i think writing a book because a lot of people have messaged me and said how did you self-publish a book that's the easy bit the hard bit is getting it out there to people so I really appreciate being on platforms like this actually um so thank you for having me on it's a pleasure it's a rant about my daughter (laughs) oh not at all it's an absolute pleasure to chat to you I I mean in in all of this process have you managed to let go of some of those high expectations that you had for yourself or actually have you just set yourself more by having achieved a number one bestseller now are you sort of sitting there thinking for the second book what how can you top it yeah that's out in well (laughs) 10 days so the first of may um that's coming out and I guess I'm surprised by myself because this weekend I went to Crosby Beach with Isabel we've just been to Nosley Safari Park I'm enjoying doing things with her which means that I don't feel like there is a void to fill whereas for a long time I felt like there was a void to fill because I wasn't particularly enjoying I wasn't getting anything out of being with the baby I guess which yeah. is a horrible thing to say but I think it's true I think it's perfectly natural isn't it and and some some people love love baby stage others like you say get I guess guess more out when you can start to interact and see personalities yeah. start to come through I think it, it's just all natural isn't it yeah um have you had any negative criticism about the book and if you have how do you deal with that Yes, there was, well, when it was first released, it was featured in the Daily Mail and somebody had commented on that. And I'm kind of comforted by the fact that it was the audience of the Daily Mail. But anyway, (laughs) they um, had commented and said, my mum had nine children and I never heard her complain. And I was like, well, she's not going to have complained to you, is she? And at that time, they had nothing else to do. Like, I have a career and I think there's a lot more expectations set on women now for wonderful reasons like gender equality and the fact that women are more prominent in the workplace and at universities and everything else but that means that because we've set our precedent so high in terms of not only academic achievements but kind of life achievements yeah a baby is a additional thing to juggle rather than it being your sole career for a lot of people and I know that that doesn't necessarily make it any easier for single um, stay-at-home parents because literally I did that for a year when I was on maternity leave and it's the hardest job in the entire world but I think people need to be a bit kinder because as much as they say my mum never complained she probably didn't complain to you I don't complain to Isabel no no a lot it doesn't mean that there isn't the complaining going on. It's just you share it with yeah. in a different way, don't you? <laughs> yeah. So so looking into the future, you said your book's out in another ten days. Yes. Yeah. I mean, is this is this a new career path? Are you are you heading back to speech and language therapy? Yeah. Where are you where are you At heading? At the moment, I'm very much in the midst of speech therapy. So I manage the stroke service for speech therapy um at the moment. And it is a job that I really love. Do I see this as a career full time? I don't know. I just I just like to write and I 
guess it's just another string to my bow, isn't it? Of all of the things that I try to juggle and then complain about needing to juggle. <laughs> I mean, that is it is one big juggle writing a book, <laughs> writing the book with um with a twenty one month old in in tow. So hats <laughs> off to you for sure. Um, is there anything you miss about? your previous life and and you know that's not to say that you don't like you love your daughter but is what what are the things you do miss about um it's hard to figure that out now isn't it because yeah. I would have said holidays but Isabel has been on a cruise already and she's been away with all of her family before lockdown so I think now I miss a lot of the things that we could have done pre-covid rather than pre-baby yeah I guess the only thing is when it gets to kind of the evening time when she's asleep and I think oh we we can't actually go out for a walk now we can't we can't go out for a meal you know you just like one time Danny had said to me I'm just going to move picking something up off marketplace and he said do you fancy coming with me for a ride and I was like no we can't (laughs) and he was like shit I forgot that (laughs) but you do though don't you You yeah sometimes just do and you flip back into that that previous life yeah have you managed to um sort of have the support network of other mums during lockdown how's that been I talked sorry I would say we we talked to Hayley Tamadon on on a previous episode and I know she had mentioned that um you know that sort of physical getting out talking to other mums she'd managed it online using the peanut app but Mm. actually face-to-face interaction is is something I found really, really important. You know, just that physical sense of getting out of the house, having a purpose. Have you managed to do anything at all? Um, yes and no. I think because Isabel's childcare bubble with Danny's side of the family has meant that she's been able to go and engage with people as being quite nice. But I really miss her being able to engage with children of her yeah. own age. So I think for me, I've... I've been in work throughout the whole thing because obviously I work in a hospital. But the interaction as a mum and a child, I've really missed. We've got one person who lives quite close to us who we go for walks with and stuff. But other than that, it's it's so hard because you'd love to just go to... I mean, I miss soft play. What's the matter? Yeah. With yeah. <laughs> would, you have said, would you have said that five no. years ago? <laughs> definitely not oh it's been absolutely brilliant chatting to you Rebecca thank you so much for coming on if people want to read your book where can they get hold of it it's on Amazon so the first and the second will both be on Amazon from the first of May first one's there now just search mum's the word book and it will come up fabulous thank you and I can't let you go without asking the question that we ask every guest that comes on our podcast and that is if you were um left on a desert island and you could only take one item with you which item would that be and why it's so hard and I've listened to the podcast (laughs) every single time I go well it's pathetic to say my phone isn't it because it's just the worst possible thing that you could say is your phone but it could do so many things it can do so many things it's so sad that that's the first thing that comes to your head um adam Kay has written a book called this is going to hurt and it's a phenomenal it's it's actually quite similar to my book in the way that it's written it's like little snippets of real life um and it's about medicine 
And that's the only book that I could literally just read over and over and over again. So if it wasn't my phone, because I don't want to be that shallow, then it would be um, Adam Kay's book, This Is Gonna Hurt. Amazing. Thank you. And thanks very much for listening this week. Next time, tune in for another episode of All Things Early Years. Thanks for joining us and to our guest today. Tune in next month. And in the meantime, pop over to our website and follow us on social media. Kids Planet, working together to inspire your world.